Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after this week nine in the NFL football schedule. This is the Fantasy Football Experts and Idiots podcast. I am Ryan on FaceTime. And I am Calvin. Again, we have Calvin. This long Just distance. scheduling issues. Yeah, this long distance stuff kind of sucks. You know, the timing gets a little off, but we'll work through it. We'll work through it. I mean, everything's better in person, right? Absolutely. And always. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but we'll make it work. We'll get through this, guys. We are really excited about this. We're halfway through the NFL season now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And boy, do we have a show for you today. Um, but I think that I need to start it off, Ryan. Go for because it. Because <clears throat> I let my mouse write some checks that my fantasy team could not cash. You do this often, though, to be honest. Not that often. Not mm-hmm. as often as you would think. More often than you think. I mean, I think that we're, brought, we're you're over-exaggerating and I'm under-exaggerating. So I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Probably. Um, let me put this out there. Made a bet with Tyler last week. And the bets, I can still win this bet. Okay. The bet was that he would not lose to me again in either expert or idiot league for the rest of the season. And what happened yesterday, today? He absolutely beat my pants off. So hold on. So then how can you still win this if he just beat you? Playoffs, baby. But if he, if he somehow the bet was that he wasn't going to lose to you or yeah, he wasn't going to lose to you and he didn't because the rest of the season, he put the rest of the season timeline on this. Okay. So you're Joe and all political on here and lawyery and changing words and meanings and I'm not changing words or meanings at all. Here's what happened. You can go listen to it. He said for the rest of the season and then I said I look forward to cashing this bet early. I was wrong. He absolutely smoked me. Okay? Here's what happened. Now granted my team Still would have beat all but uh, two or three other teams, okay? I still put up 123 points this week. Tyler just happened to put up 205. He started Justin Fields. He started Joe Mixon. He started Devontae Adams. And he had the Patriots defense, all of which got him 25-plus points. It was a rough day. I... Started Travis Etienne. I had Austin Eckler. I had Garrett Wilson. Like I had a good, I had a good week. He just had a better week, and I'm going to give him all of the credit that he deserves. He felt like his team was rounding into form, and it just might be. So, uh, I actually woke up to a text today from Tyler for you. Of course, but. Just to keep you and everybody else suspenseful, I have already sent it to Logan and asked Logan to read it on his on his show since they are the smack talk episode of our podcast. Um, Logan has not responded to me yet, but I've sent it to to him. But it's pretty good. It's it's uh, I enjoyed reading it. I chuckled a little bit. Oh, great. Tyler did get several middle finger emojis and gifts this weekend. So. (laughs) 
uh, he he put up a good fight. Yeah. Um, also, while we're while we're on the the topic of defending ourselves for losses, um, Logan and Taylor were talking about some losses last week and got to my loss to Nick uh, in our podcast league in season two. And I just wanted to come out and defend myself a little bit because they were saying how expected it was of me to lose. I was winning. I was winning that game handily. And then Amari Cooper decided to have himself a night and score 23 points and took the lead away from me. And even Nick was surprised because Nick texted me about it after that game and was talking about how we got screwed by a couple positions. I think kicker was one and it was either defense or one of the running backs. I can't remember, but he was surprised at how much Amari had gone off and gotten him points. So yeah, That's, there's that. There's that. Um, should we get into our show? I I think so. I, again, I'll tell Tyler, good game, good game. I still have chances to win this bet, so I'm still hopeful. Uh, I don't think you are winning, though, because you just lost. Right, but he gave me the whole rest of the season. He just said he would not take another L to me all season. Like, there is still, by definition, the ability for me to win this bet. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I'm pulling something up, so how about you go ahead and start digging into our uh, news and notes? Okay, absolutely. I think uh, where we need to start is with the Colts. The Colts have fired Frank Reich, and GM Chris Ballard could be following him closely behind and the funny thing is, is that the Colts have named Jeff Saturday, their former center, as their new interim head coach. He's a current analyst for, well, no longer, but he was an analyst for ESPN and a special consultant with the team. The interesting thing is that Jeff Saturday, all of the coaching experience that he has is a high school team in Georgia. That's the extent of his coaching experience. Um, and so they've brought him in to try and win over the locker room for the rest of the season. A lot of people are shocked because they have two guys on the roster who have head coaching experience that they bypassed for this interim tag, and another guy, their offensive coordinator, who's up and coming, um, and many think will be a head coach in the coming years. So does this right the ship for the Colts? I don't think so. I think it's time to just... We talked about it before. Let's have their little funeral and let them sail off to a high draft pick. Yeah. As, you, as, what Tyler, did you just do? as Tyler and I said last week, they just need to bench their star players and say they're on to 2023. Listen, <laughs> you have to look at the, for those, Tyler, Okay. Ryan just put a poll into our league. He's like, did Calvin lose his bet? Was it a one-week bet or is it a season-long bet? Go listen to the episode. It was a end of till the end of the season bet. Okay? You, so you can't be ending a, you know, hey, a six-week bet after one week. You put our whole debate last month or last year up on the sleeper, so I'm just putting this one on sleeper for the rest of the league to, to, to choose as well, all right? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's fine. 
All right. Did, um, did you get into other head coaching up uh, openings yet? No, I'm not. I asked. I was waiting for your take on uh, Jeff Saturday. Oh, I think that's interesting. Um, him previously playing for the Colts, and obviously what you were saying about him being uh, an advisor for them. I mean, close obviously, friend with the owner too. Yeah, like he he obviously knows like what the Colts want, what they're what they're looking at. Uh, what they want to achieve, which I, I mean, it's kind of obvious. Everybody wants to achieve a Super Bowl, but he knows the history of the Colts and what Jim Ursay wants in his team and in that building. So I think Jeff Saturday is a, is a good pickup for them as an interim head coach, but it's kind of surprising to me that they didn't go with anyone else that was already on the coaching staff. It almost seems like Indianapolis is just going to wipe the slate clean and just completely get rid of all the coaches at the end of the year. I mean, granted that normally is what happens when you hire a new head coach is they bring in all of their coaches, but it just seems like Indy's completely ready to move on. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. And I think Lewis Riddick on ESPN said it really great this morning when the news broke. He said, what is the main issue that the Colts have? It's the inconsistency with their O-line. Right, They are not playing well. They are too talented to be playing this poorly. And Jeff Saturday is going to come in. He knows that that's the issue, and he's going to try. He's going to fix that as a former O-lineman. He was a center for a long-time Hall of Fame guy, right? So I think that he has a chance to really come in and make kind of a splash. But I don't know. Like I'll be interested to see if this becomes his job going forward. Yeah, uh, same. I don't think Jeff Saturday will want to stick around and stay coaching. But uh, I can't say I I can't say that I'd be surprised if he does. Right. I mean, it it really could be anything with Jim Irsay there. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he'll bring Pat McAfee in as his uh, offensive coordinator. <laughs> no, Pat McAfee's already said <laughs> so many times he does not want to coach and doesn't understand how previous NFL players do go and coach. No, that's uh, definitely fair. Um, with the opening, though, one thing that kind of that I put out there in our group chat and Logan tried to get me to make a bet on already was where does Frank Reich go? Because right now I think he's one of the more desirable head coaches that is available. Granted, there's only a couple of spots open. Um, but so I think that uh, really what we're getting at is let's predict some head coach openings and at the half season mark. Hmm. So, I mean, the the two that are already open are the Colts and the Panthers. Yep. I, it all depends on what Dallas does the rest of the season on and what's going on with Sean Payton on if that position opens. So that one's a little bit tricky. We know that Dallas wants Sean Payton, but in order for them to get him, they have to convince the Saints to give up the rights to his contract. So I don't know if that happens. Unless Jerry Jones is going to throw a whole lot of money to New Orleans for it. Which he could because coaches do not affect the the yep. cap. Um could New I think that Denver's job is probably going to come open. Yeah, that's almost a no doubter. Hack it, can't hack it. What do you? Um, there was a lot of talk in our group chat about the Raiders 
coming yeah. open because they look absolutely awful. What do you think about the Saints? Do you think they could open up? They're three and six. They're three and six, but I think they've also been plagued by injuries and they have just kind of a bad roster. So I don't think that they're going to be willing to just bail after one year. I think they give the guy another year and let him make some some decisions there. What about Motor City Dan Campbell up in Detroit? Um, I think that uh, the owners in Detroit are very, they're not quick to fire somebody, right? They let, they've let a lot of guys stick around for far longer than they should. But also I think that Dan Campbell is building something there. Now, granted, the team is awful and they were awful last year, but I think that they recognize that they need more than two years to rebuild this team. And so I think that they give Dan Campbell a little bit longer. Just, because he clear, I mean, he's got the message. The team seems to love him. If you watch Hard Knocks, it's it's evident that he he has the the locker room. Like he hasn't lost the locker room, which is obvious. Yeah. Which is usually the last straw for a coach to get fired. Um, I think that it's this is just a team that is in desperate need of some talent and in desperate need of a real quarterback. Yeah, and so. They're positioning themselves well to rectify both of those in the coming draft. I'm I'm looking at all the teams listed. Um, maybe the Commanders with Ron Rivera. Mike Vrabel's pretty set at the Titans. I could see the Buccaneers trying to go a different route. Um. Uh oh, what's his name? Seattle. Um, Pete Carroll. Yeah, Pete Carroll's gonna die a Seattle Seahawks. He's not. Yeah, I'm not leaving there. As as I was thinking about this and as I was looking at it, I thought about Seattle and I thought, well, do they go for it? And then I realized, no, Pete Carroll has proven this year that it was him and not Russ that was winning all those games. Yeah, um, and so I think Pete Carroll's job is safe. Mike Tomlin isn't leaving the Steelers until after like three losing seasons. Uh, oh yeah, this is Mike Tomlin's first losing season ever. Yeah, you the guy's got enough of a track record to say like you're not firing me after one bad season. Eagles love Sirianni, but let's talk about the Eagles right quick. All right, the healthiest team in football. The healthiest yet. This is who they've played so far: Detroit, Kirk Cousins in prime time, who generally is not. Kirk can't. Kirk doesn't win in primetime usually. Yeah. Uh, the Commanders, the Jaguars, the Cardinals. Who... Jaguars actually look better this year than they have in any of the past like 18 years. So quick quick note on the Cardinals. They are now 0-2 since the release of Call of Duty. Uh, yep. And they played the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Texans. You know who they play up next? Commanders, Colts, Packers. Titans might be their first test because the Titans are like the most under talked about and possibly underrated team in the AFC right now. Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. They like legitimately, I'm not not bashing the Eagles at all. They're playing great. They're 8-0. No argument there. They have quite possibly the easiest schedule to the playoffs. Because they play in the worst division in football. Partly, but legitimately, the only team that they play that has any chance of being a team is the Titans. 
Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, I think the Titans are going to be the Eagles' first real test. And, uh, but then, but at this point, looking at that division, the Eagles are a playoff team already. Oh, absolutely. You, you, they won half their games, like they're locked in. Yeah, but they, they definitely have the easiest schedule in all of the NFL. That's true. Um, and you mentioned the Titans. I wanted to bring up something. I saw a tweet today, um, and I shared it with a couple of uh, with a couple of friends. And I, w- I just want to make sure that I can give the appropriate credit for it. So Adam Rank at Adam Rank tweeted this. He said, "The Titans impressed me. That's a good team. They're just an AJ Brown type wide receiver away from being the best in the AFC. But those players are hard to find, and if you get one, you hold on to him." <laughs> yeah, you know the what the one wide receiver that they got rid of. Right. So I mean, like I think that the Titans have a really good core. They have some really good things building. But they're just missing that that stud wide receiver. Yeah. I've got the AFC standings pulled up in front of me. And you've got uh, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Jets. Who would have saw that coming? Dolphins, Titans. So that's your top six. And then, Well, and I, I think that that also just covers our are you for real? Partly. So since I gave the top six for AFC, let me go ahead and give the top six for NFC. Eagles, Vikings, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks, 49ers. Okay. Yeah, no, like what a weird year for football. Yes. This This has certainly been an interesting one. Uh, you want to go ahead and start off our Are You For Reals? Yeah, I think so. Um, we just covered Tennessee, and then I think the uh, – let's go over the Jets real quick. The stud muffins of the AFC East? I think that your bandwagon fandom might be paying off there. <laughs> like, I'm still open to anyone sending me a Zach Wilson jersey. Home, away, black, I don't care. Just send me a – just, you know, send me a Zach Wilson jersey. So that your Jets fandom can like here's the thing is we've even convinced your significant other to uh to buy in that you are a Jets fan and not a Chiefs fan. And I think that you it's time for you to recognize that Kansas City isn't your team, it's New York. <laughs> hey, as I said what, last week, two weeks ago, I just want football to be football again. And what is football if the classic teams of the past aren't playing good football? It's called parody. No, that's only when the Patriots lose. So let's just keep the Patriots <laughs> losing. Let's bring back all the... Like, I want to have good football teams in the NFL again. I don't want to just have... As much as I love the Chiefs, and I love the fact that the Chiefs are always considered to be Super Bowl favorites, I don't want just constant the same team... Like the Patriots were for, what, 20-something years? Like, I want it spread out. I want people to not know like the Eagles this year, nobody had the Eagles coming into the coming in and winning or leading the NFC and possibly going to the Super Bowl. I want random teams at random times, just taking over the NFL and being the walk away. 
Well, I mean, hey, you're getting it this year, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting, but there's been so much just mediocre football this year. It's been depressing at the same time. Well, and I think that uh, one of those key teams that you talk about, and this is our next one, are you for real? The Green Bay Packers. One of those original teams that yeah. just look awful. What? Aaron Rodgers throws two late interceptions for the first time in his career. This is a man that we used to talk about how many seasons he went like without throwing like bad interceptions, right? I think he'd have one or two here or there, but it, like, this man was going weeks without interceptions. And it was just – he has fallen so far – that it just there is there is no redemption at this point for Green Bay. You want his stats so far through Week Nine? Yeah, drop him. He is two o five for three seventeen at two thousand ninety one total yards. Um, his completion percentage average is sixty five point three, which I don't know what in comparison is to like normal years, but that seems low. Um, he's averaging one and a half touchdowns, uh, per game and almost a full touchdown per game or, uh, almost a full interception per game. And his average QBR is 37.6. Um, that's brutal. Yeah. I think, and if we even go back, like, let's take a look at some of the previous seasons here for Aaron Rodgers on fantasy level. Last year, he finished his quarterback six. The year before, um, he finished his quarterback two. 2019, Aaron Rodgers finished as quarterback nine. Can you guess where he lands right now, halfway through 2022? I'm going to say 15. Quarterback 17 on the season. Oof. Right between Daniel Jones and Derek Carr. That is the company that Aaron Rodgers is in right now. Jeez. So the Green Bay Packers are a mess, and maybe that's the head coaching job that opens up. I'm not sure. Uh, but I don't think so. I can't I see. Think the, it might need to be a front office job that opens up because their team building has just been awful. Yeah. I they, don't, we had the NFL trade deadline this past week. I mean, and nothing happened. Green Bay, they came out with a report that they were in on Chase Claypool and that they tried to trade for Darren Waller. That's not going to – those like. Waller is a big name, but neither of those two guys fix your offense. <clears throat> you need to invest in early wide receivers at this point, but also your offensive line is getting old, and you have an aging quarterback who is wishy-washy year over year on whether or not he's coming back. If you're the Green Bay Packers, you need almost a wholesale top-to-bottom rebuild. Yeah, I don't see them getting rid of Matt LaFleur just because there's so many good things that get spoken about him. So I don't see LaFleur leaving. The front office position is interesting. I think it does need to happen. With Gutenkos? 
Well, that's what I was going to bring up is the other issue with the Packers is they don't have a set owner because they do all the, the stock ownership for the team and they have been for years. So they don't actually have a CEO. They have a president of the stockholders, but they don't have an actual owner CEO. So I don't know how Green Bay actually goes about and gets anything done Granted, they haven't really needed to for the for past several years, but something definitely needs to change in that front office. However, it it gets accomplished. No, I, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. All right, should we move on to the next uh, the next topic here? Yeah. Are you for real, Justin Fields? Have yourself a day. The kid had a breakout game. You know. We talked about how I think I talked about it on my cameo on the Rampaging Idiot show about how the Chase Claypool trade opens things up, gives them another legitimate receiver, another legitimate threat downfield, and will open things up for Darnell Mooney. And uh, lo and behold, what did it do? It opened things up for Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Like, yeah, him- are you buying Justin Fields as a breakout? him going off for 42.7 points is just ridiculous. I mean, he's been he's he's been trending up ever since their loss to the Giants. He had 15 against Minnesota, 18 against Washington, 20 against New England and 26 against Dallas. So he's trending up and then just skyrockets to 42. They've got Detroit. He had a ton of points on the ground cuz he is yeah. mobile with his legs. I don't know if you saw um, Mike McDaniel on the sideline of that game. No, telling him to I, I was stop sleeping. Running. I was sleeping. McDaniel came up to him after one of his big runs to the sideline, and McDaniel said, "Hey, stop running! Stop that!" Um, he had 123 passing yards against Miami and 178 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean that is the formula for fantasy success. Is if you are a quarterback, you get you get a premium for running. But so, so they play Detroit at home next week. I'm going to go ahead and throw an over under. This could be our bet for the week over under 30 points for Justin Fields. Fantasy wise. Ooh, I'm going to say under, but I think he's high twenties. Because I think he's going to have to pass the ball more and not be able to run as much. So I'm going to take the under. Okay, I will take the over on that. There we go. Bet of the week. Um, rest. Here's another one. Rest of season, where do you think Justin Fields lands? I think rest of season, I have him you know, bouncing in and out of my top 10, depending on the matchup. I've got him you know, probably averaging out about quarterback 11, quarterback 12. Um, but definitely could jump up with a couple more weeks like this. Um, hmm. I don't know. Hold on. Let me look at, I don't, where is he even sitting right now? I don't know. Like total what he's sitting at. Justin Fields. He's sitting number nine right now. Yeah. Quarterback nine right now. I could see him. Or quarterback eight. Uh, are you going season or season average? 
Um, I'm going season. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at season average. He's sitting at nine. Um, I could see him potentially going up to seven. Maybe even yeah, six. I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. I think that there's a couple of guys. Um, yeah. I could see him going that far if Kyler continues to have rough games. Like Kyler continues to focus on Call of Duty. As much as I love the fact that Geno Smith is having himself a year, I don't know if it's completely sustainable. Right. Um, but with and Justin... And we'll see if this Josh Allen injury is anything to be scared about. Yeah. Right and, now it's just a monitor situation. And with Justin Fields playing the way he is and, and getting uh, Chase Claypool... I think he can definitely start scoring a lot more points now. So the the concerning thing for Justin Fields is going to be schedule. So he gets Detroit next week, but then he gets Atlanta. Not worried about that. He gets the Jets, who are a sneaky good defense. He gets Green Bay, who he'll throw all over. But then he gets Philadelphia and Buffalo in the fantasy playoffs. Hey, uh, let's take a quick break, all right? Okay. All right. All right, guys, welcome back. We've got one of the hosts for the Rampaging Idiots joining us now. Yeah. Welcome, Logan. Hey, this was an accident, and I'm not prepared, so don't take anything I say seriously. Take well, every word seriously. You say seriously, anyways. So, <laughs> just status quo on that, right? It, it's That's gospel. Probably... It's the Bible. Make all your bets off of what he's about to say. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you I can would... say that because here's the thing: Logan's going to resolve an issue that we've had on this podcast. Logan, who was right? Was my bet with Tyler rest? Okay, this season, okay, or was it just okay. This really, you're going to bring that up after I just admitted <laughs> that I figured it out in my head that I was wrong, and now you're going to yeah, have it. See, okay, see, we have to put it on on record that you were yeah. wrong. Yeah, you didn't you didn't admit on air. So uh, no, Calvin was right. It was rest of season. It was rest of and season, and it was across yeah. both the redraft and the dynasty league. Okay. I see you're giving me lots of birdie love there, Ryan. I'll give it right back. <laughs> As you do every week. <laughs> every week. Just right there, bud. That's where you live. Um, so, yeah, that was one of the great things. Logan resolved that issue for us right away. Um, but also, it got us thinking about some Derek Gold games. We need to give a little bit of an accounting of those. Yeah. Where are we at? And I've got those pulled up. So... Um, right now, um, Calvin, right now you owe Tyler one dairy gold for your OJ Howard outside the top 12 in tight ends. Um, actually, no, both of us owe Tyler. We both owe him yeah. one. We were both wrong on OJ Howard. Um, and then <coughs> one, two, three... You owe, I am ahead of you on a Derry Gold. You're ahead of me at Derek Gold. Okay. Yes. Uh, as I said, Jets win. Jets have two, win, two wins in the first nine games. Uh, and they clearly have more than two. Um, yep. You won 
Kareem Hunt outside of the top 10 in week two. I won Fournette top 10 week three. And then I won six unknown tight ends uh, in the top 10 ranks. Um, and you won the week eight point spread total by 0.42 points or four six. Okay. Plenty of time for me to make up that uh, positive differential there. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see about that. Can I just throw this out here on a totally unrelated note? Go yeah. for it. Um, my NFL bingo card this weekend did not include Detroit beating Green Bay or the Jets beating the Bills. Um, <laughs> did not expect either of those <laughs> things to happen. What a weird season. I mean, I think that we've been saying it for a few weeks now. This is weird NFL. This is weird football. It, it is. It is very weird. Um, I was on, so I'm in Seattle this week traveling for work, and uh, I flew in this afternoon. I'm sitting on the little shuttle to go to the rental car counter to pick up my car, and uh, yeah, I'm just sitting there, and people watching, and there are a couple of couple guys that had flown in they're sitting there talking and one of the older gentlemen was talking about being a Packers fan and and how it's rough this year and blah 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 and one of the things that I I kind of chuckled at is uh he brought up um seeing somebody selling a, sh a Green Bay Packers shirt that said welcome back to the 80s um, <laughs> because they've just had such a long <laughs> run of being a winning team uh, with a great quarterback, and then no, not anymore. You're back to back on the wrong end of that, Mark. So, well, we actually just finished talking about the Packers before you hopped on, saying that it might be time for a change in the front office. But Ryan's not sure who's going to make that call because the team is owned by the city. Yeah, so I, I think that it'll be interesting to figure out where they go. But I think that they need a lot of help, actually. Yes. Yeah, they've got to make some major roster changes. And the biggest thing that they need to do is they need to actually need to start drafting skill players in the draft. They refuse to do that. They always draft offensive linemen and defensive backs. They never actually pick up wide receivers or running backs, like in the first couple rounds. Yeah, I was going to say, well, they, they do, not not with their top picks. Yeah, right. Although maybe, maybe they're tanking. You know, For maybe what? Maybe this who? is a tank year. I don't know. That was a joke. I'm <laughs> flying off the cuff. I haven't researched this fly off the cuff. Maybe they're tanking. I mean, it's a good quarterback class, but uh, you'd think that that top pick that they invested in a quarterback a couple of years ago would be what they would have yeah. reached for. Yeah. But instead, they just keep going back to Rodgers. So here's a theoretical question. At what point do you give up on somebody you've spent a pick on? Oh, I think that they could have traded... Um, they could have traded Jordan Love for a second round pick this this off season. They probably should have. There were enough teams that they they maybe could have even gotten a first if they yeah. if they caught the right team. Right. Um, but I think far more likely that they would have gotten a second, and so I think that they should have done that then, and uh, they won't get that again. Uh, that's. Yeah, they probably should have done that. I know we have a limited pool of uh, Jordan Love playing time to look at, but so, it's never been impressive. A limited pool of the preseason. Yep. 
Well, no, he he, he started what? He started yeah. two games. Started two games. Is it two now? Yep. Yeah, because he started. He played. He started in the Kansas City game last season mm-hmm. when uh, Aaron Rodgers had uh, COVID gate. The COVID uh, toe. The yep. COVID. <laughs> yeah. So it was not pretty. That was not a good game for Green Bay, and that was with oh. Devontae Adams. So. Yep. Who is still that guy, apparently? <laughs> still that guy. <laughs> Sometimes it's wishy-washy. Well, I mean, he's on the Raiders, so. He yeah. went from scoring two points the week before to 36 this week. But, but you know, his quarterback, that car, that car isn't a Ferrari. No. It's no. more like a, it's a 1999 Honda Civic. Hey. And if I if I remember correctly, Logan, weren't you very critical of me of not having top, uh, Derek Carr in like my top twelve of fantasy quarterbacks this year? Preseason, At the very beginning of the I season. Might, yeah, yeah, but and that was because I thought Carr and Waller were gonna be. I mean, I mean, if you think about it. You got Carr, you got uh, Waller, you got Renfro. He has people that should be able to catch the ball and and in a deep threat type way or up and down the center um so yeah well like on paper going into the season i really wanted i didn't know i didn't want sorry i don't ever want the raiders to win (laughs) but from a fantasy standpoint i wanted the raiders to have some valuable assets there well and i think that on paper the Raiders have an okay offense. You've got Josh Jacobs, who is a power downhill runner. You have Renfro to take in the underneath stuff. You have Waller over the middle and up the seam. And then you have Devontae Adams, who can be an outside and deep threat when needed. Um, And so on paper, they've got all their bases covered. Yeah. But they have a bad O-line and they have a bad quarterback. Take away last week's matchup, not this week's, but last week's matchup, uh, and they are a top five scoring offense. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Well, love, I mean, yeah. Love that broken car. <laughs> that's what it really is. That's what it boils down to. Hey, in, in my typical fashion, I have a live reaction. Are you for reals for you, both of you? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Are you, are you for reals Carolina Panthers starting Baker Mayfield at defensive end on the practice squad this week in order to get okay, him okay. rejuvenated for his that was, quarterback? That was five days ago. Don't tell people this is live action. We no, no, no. Live, live reaction. Live reaction as in we didn't have it planned. Ryan, are you kidding me? Are you for reals? This isn't even news, buddy. I'm just saying we didn't have it planned. We didn't have it on the on our sheet. We hadn't talked about it because we're well one week an episode podcast. Yeah, well, two, but now two. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hold on a second. So, I have a couple things to say about this. Uh, First off, are you scrolling Twitter right now? Is that no? (laughs) I saw it several days ago. I just wanted to bring it up. Oh, okay. Two, um, clearly, like, a lot of the buzz headlines with that whole thing where they were sharing, oh, man, Baker's career's over. They're starting him on defense and practice squad. Who came out and started the second half of a blowout game against Cincinnati last Sunday or yesterday? Baker made. And played a lot better than P.J. Walker. He moved the damn ball. He, what, how many touchdowns did he throw for? 
I believe. Yeah, so the guy still has an arm. He can still play. Everybody hates on Baker. I'm not saying he's like the savior or anything like that. But let's not forget the Browns before Baker Mayfield were the worst football team to ever exist since the history of the word worse. Yep. They were bad. Um, and he, he dealt with a lot of court, uh, coaching changes and still had a winning record coming out of that. He took them to the playoffs. Like he, he broke the losing streak. He broke the losing streak. So is he great? No, but he's been pretty good as a leader. And I think some of the hate he gets is a little, uh, you need to give him some credit too. So he gets he, a lot of hate because of his attitude. He yeah. threw for 155 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. Yep. And a half. Let's point that out. And a half. Yeah, it would have been a 300-yard game if he'd played the whole game. No. Um, you, you can make other arguments now. Just, you know, where I do like had to be neutral. It was Cincinnati pretty much already wrapped it up. So. Whereas yeah. PJ Walker threw for nine yards and two interceptions. He, well, you know, he now funny. has the lowest QBR of the season at 2.6. QBR is a bad stat, though. <laughs> but still, 2.6. Yeah. In, in a half. The best he could do is 5.12. Uh, Tennessee hasn't had a receiver catch a pass since October. So. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to a very last little bit here in the show. We do need to go over a couple of waiver ads, and at this point in the season, we're halfway through the season. You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. A lot of your key injuries have happened where you're going to be picking up guys. You need to have guys on your on your bench, but you're probably streaming a couple of positions. You're obviously probably streaming a defense, which just keep going. You You can start... At this point, start whoever's playing against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, it, it used to be you start whoever's playing the Jets, and this year it might need to be you start the defense that the Packers are playing. But you're also probably streaming a tight end. And so there is one tight end that I think that you need to, to put on your radar this week, and that's going to be Greg Dulcich. He's the tight end for the Denver Broncos, and this past week he led the team in receiving yards. Granted, it wasn't pretty, but he led the team in receiving yards and caught a touchdown. He seems to be one of the few people in Denver who has a rapport with Russell Wilson. And if you are in desperate need of a tight end, like most people are, because it is an absolute wasteland, I think that Greg Dulcich can be a tight end streamer for you on a bye week. So, I mean, I, I did that. I went that route one week, and no, he, he did good for me. So paid off. I, yeah. I looked at his fantasy stats earlier uh, tonight as I was building up a new sheet for tonight that we'll go over in a little bit. And mm-hmm. out of tight ends, <clears throat> granted, he only has like three games that he's actually gotten points. But out of tight ends right now, he is number six on the uh, average per game at 12.06 points per game. Pretty decent tight end for fantasy right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
very decent. Uh, so, yeah, I, on points per game basis, he's he's right there. I thought this week that I would try to stream Foster Moreau since Darren Waller was out. Um, that was a bad call. <laughs> that was a bad idea. <laughs> that was a bad idea. It sounded a lot better at the time. Hey, that, yeah. that car is not a Ferrari. You just said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think there was like one minute in the beginning of the game where I was like, all right, this guy's going to get me points. For his one catch of the game? Yeah, and then... And then um, he had two catches. Let's let's calm down with that one catch. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, hey, now, he he, did a lot good. he himself I, had more catches than Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Then Tennessee wide receivers. Yeah. All right. Oh. I do have a couple of other waiver ads for you, though. Okay, okay. Let's hear them. So, another streamer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I know. Don't give me that look. <laughs> uh, a couple of other guys that you can possibly stream here. Uh, it's going to be the Atlanta backfield, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. I think that they're both going to be relevant as a flex streamer for you. Patterson's just come off the IR. And here's where I wanted to hit you with this. On a per-game basis, where do you think Cordero Patterson lands? So just looking at games played, right, on an average points per game, where do you think he lands? As in what his average is? Yeah, like is he running back, you know, 25? Is he running back 30? Is he running back 2? Where do you think no, he's No, I would say he's higher than that. He's got to be, he'd be top 10 on his games, on the weeks that he plays. So he's running back 13 on a points per game basis right now. Okay. Averaging about 15 points per game when he plays. And so I think that that's somebody that you probably need in your lineups right now. Algier had another big game. He led the team in rushing yards, even though Patterson led the team in um, attempts. So you're going to be kind of getting a balance there. It's going to be a run-heavy team with Mariota in the mix, and also they've just traded away um, even more receiving talent, even though Calvin Ridley suspended. He's now a uh, Jacksonville Jaguar. So I think that this team is going to lean up with a run-heavy approach going forward. So I think that those are three guys to target on your waiver wire. So Cordero Patterson had 18.3 points this week, and Tyler Algier had 13.3. Yep. Uh, and just just to make sure that you guys know this, uh, you will not be able to stash him on your bench or on your lineup or anything because I have him twice. Yeah. <laughs> You've got him in both leagues. And he was on my bench in both leagues, you know, right oh. where I wanted him. <laughs> You were, uh, you're leaning into that. Let's uh, bench the good players. Right? No, no. Come on. He was just coming off of the injury. I was erring on the side of caution. No, I don't blame you for that at all. So, all, right. all right, Ryan, let's get into your uh, fun little spreadsheet. Yeah. So I've got this. I, I decided since we're week nine, we're halfway through the NFL season. Why not we see the top 10 players for each position on a average points per game to see really, you know, if you have these, any, any mixture of these players, congratulations on being the top three in your league. Um, but if you don't, who you could try to trade for good luck, actually winning or getting the trade, but you know, this is players that you could try to trade for. So, um, quarterbacks top 10, uh, and I'll go, I'll just go down in order starting with number one, 
Josh Allen, 27.04. Patrick Mahomes, 20. Shocker. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, 25.98. Jalen Hurts, 23.92. Lamar Jackson, 22.71. Joe Burrow, 22.39. This one surprises me because of the injuries that he sustained and how long he was out. Tua Tungavailoa, 19.67. He's sitting at number six. If he hadn't gotten injured, where how high would he be? Okay. It depends on how well he would have played. Yeah. Because one of the things you got to keep in mind with your list is this is going to remove games that weren't played. Yeah. So if a player plays one game and scores 40 points, they're going to be really high on your list. Yeah. But I'm just like, he's has the potential to be higher with the games that he missed from injury. Uh, right. Kyler Murray, who will probably not be on this list much longer because Call of Duty, 18.96. Geno Smith, another surprise, 18.28. Um, Justin Fields, 17.79. And Kirk Cousins at 17.72. Okay, I think that we need to stop saying that Geno Smith is a surprise. This is a pro Geno podcast. I'm just for this year, oh, hold nobody hold saw on. Geno coming. Yeah. But we've been talking about this him now for alone, five weeks. The season is a surprise. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. The whole season, yes, was a surprise. But at this point, we've got backing, a half I'm of a season. The idiot on this. I'm backing the idiot on this. This entire season, you are still allowed to say that Geno Smith was a dark horse surprise. Because this is still the season where he surprised us. Okay. Thank you. Next year. Thank you, right. rampaging idiot. Not a surprise anymore. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm gonna still so say Gino's been doing this for a few weeks now. We know what's coming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, I'll just give you the point spread, and then I'll give you the names. So running back, starting at 24 points, dropping down to 16 points. Austin Eckler, Derek Carr, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. Whoa, 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 whoa. Derek Henry. King Henry. Oh, sorry. Did I actually did I actually say Carr? You said Carr. Wow, we've been saying his name way too much tonight. Sorry. I think I'm crashing. No, Zach Wilson. Yes, Derek Carr. No. Uh, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, and Brees Hall. So the two big surprises for me there are Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, Hall will probably drop off the list um, as other players add more value because he's out for the season. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but I think Ramondre Stevenson is a great, uh, a great trade candidate, especially with the trade deadline coming up in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other reason I wanted to put this list together because most fantasy uh, leagues, their, their trade deadline is the week 11. So you got a couple more weeks to try to build your team out as best as you can. All right. Um, I'll go through the wide receivers real quick. Okay. Here, go Logan. Brees Hall is also a very good trade. Uh, trade pick. Is it, I haven't really looked into his injury though. Is he, is he potential ACL, to come back for the year? Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, up to the season. But again, if you're in dynasty, he's out for the season. Maybe maybe somebody's hurting at running back, and you have some good positive. good luck. Yeah, try to get yeah. Brees Hall. I don't know. This the own whoever has Brees Hall likely took him with their first pick in the in the draft this year in your dynasty. Um, 
But if you can package a, a really good package together and get a guy who's a little panicky, I agree with Logan. Yeah. Take a shot. You're going to get love- shot down more often than not, but where where where's the trade like that's uh <laughs> it's it's probably coming it's probably coming this week <laughs> there you go um i'll fly through our wide receiver list here okay um not super worried about the points but it's more about these guys because you're gonna know these first eight because we talk about them all the time uh cooper cup stefan diggs tyreek hill new Hopkins might surprise a few people that he's up there in a couple of games that he's back but He's back for real. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, and then this one's really not that much of a surprise, Jalen Waddle, because the Miami Dolphins cannot run the ball to save their lives, and it is throw, throw, throw. And then Marquise Brown also hurt. But we've seen already that DeAndre Hopkins has taken that spot. So that the Arizona wide receiver, their wide receiver one has been a very productive person all season. You know who number 11 is in wide receivers? Just just throw a name I out. I can go. I've can got go it pulled up. up. I've got it pulled up. Just throw a name out. Okay. I'm looking at this on is a per game. But he's surprising. What, Tyler Lockett? Like, I don't know. What? No, it's Michael Thomas. Also hurt. Oh, played three games, scored really well in three games. So number that 12. Number 12 is Mike Evans, who will probably start moving up. Well, I mean, he needs to score more points if he's going to start moving up. Yeah. So, tight end. This is going to be funky, and you're going to see, again, small sample size skewing this. But uh, the usual suspects at one and two, Kelsey and Andrews. Yeah. Right. Dallas Goddard has been the, the... Excuse me, one of the most consistent tight ends this season. TJ Hawkinson just got a new quarterback and uh, looks like an upgrade over the last one. I don't know if y'all saw the uh, the chains this week on the airplane. Yeah, yeah. I out, I out Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Did you see Adam Schefter tried to yep. dress up last night? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Then we get Greg Dulcich, who has been productive as the tight end six on a per game basis. Taysom Hill. George Kittle, David Njoku, and Pat Frumuth. Like if you got any combination of these guys building out your lineup, you're probably doing okay this season. I am kind of surprised looking at the defenses, though. I told you we weren't going to talk about defense. You said you weren't. I'm going to. Cowboys, Patriots, Eagles, Seahawks, Bills, Jets, Cardinals, Ravens, Broncos, 49ers. The ones that surprise me is the Jets, the Broncos, and the Patriots. I mean, they're not winning. I mean, aside from the Jets, they're not winning games, but their defense is winning in fantasy. I mean, Sauce Gardner is uh, he's he's that guy. He is that guy. I think is isn't he probably the top candidate for defensive? No, not defense. He's defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Not, yeah. Michael Parsons is going to be Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Probably for the next several years. Well, unless Sauce Gardner has something to say about it. (laughs) That's true. Sauce Gardner is, (laughs) he is him. He is. He is. I like like him. No, Rex Ryan even came out and said that the Jets are a top five defense in the league right now. Yeah, they are. 
Um, yeah, I don't know why we talk about defenses on a fantasy podcast. Uh, because, once again, if you're sticking with one defense for more than two weeks, you're not good at this. That's so. true. Well, thanks. No problem. <laughs> you you got to be playing that waiver wire for the defense on a weekly basis. So Yeah. So, all right. In matchups. So. Well, let's wrap this up. I've got to get off to an early meeting in the morning, and it's uh, getting late. Okay. Got anything uh, for your idiot itinerary, Ryan? Uh, actually, no, not off. I didn't even think about it this week, um, unfortunately. So we'll let, we'll let you put it on the uh, the rampaging idiot show. How's that? Yeah, if if you guys have me on this week, I will come up with something by then. Yeah, I think we can pull that up. Okay. Pull that up. All right. <laughs> On that note, guys, thank you for listening. This has been the Experts and Idiots podcast. Be sure to tune in later this week for the Rampaging Idiots and Experts and Idiots podcast, uh, which will be brought to you by Logan and Taylor. They do a great job, even though I threw off their flow completely last week. I'll I'll take I'll take the blame. I'll let you guys. I don't want to kill your podcasting. You know, no. hi. Hey, it was like our first guest. Like, come on, what do you expect? <laughs> you guys were about par for the course. Um. But please, as Ryan always says, be a friend, tell a friend, and we will see you next week. See you guys later.